Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. A couple days late here. Episode 151 of One Before I Die. Happy to have everybody joining in, listening in. Um, I know, as I said again here, uh, a few days late, uh, usually Tuesday drop coming at you on a Thursday. Um, but as we tweeted out, as we said last week, we were at the game, obviously a Monday night game. So uh, a little bit later of a of a drop this week. Ethan was in town for it. So he did travel back to Chicago. He is now back safe and sound. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, we are here. We are back to record episode 151, week two in the books of the NFL season. The Buffalo Bills continue to roll on. Uh, and, you know, we've yet to play a close game. Two blow, two games, two blowouts so far. We're here to talk about it. Bills hosting the Titans Monday night. Um and to, to, you know, round out week two here, obviously there was the Eagles Vikings game on Monday night as well. Um, but nonetheless, we turn our heads to the Miami Dolphins in Miami this Sunday, our first 1 p.m. game, non primetime game of the year. So we'll be talking about that as well. And then finally, to round things off here, a little bit of a uh, uh, some shocking, I don't know, maybe not shocking, but just um uh, out of nowhere, Sabres news as right before we jumped on to record the podcast. General manager Kevin Adams has been announced to get a multi-year contract extension. So not sure how many years that is. I don't think it was specified online in the post, um, but he has gotten a multi-year contract extension. So the Sabres locked down their general manager looking to go all in here, you know, over, over the past few weeks, weeks with the Tage Thompson extension. Now Kevin Adams seems like they have the guys that they want in place and they're going to roll the dice with them. So that's what we're doing today. Bill's recap, Bill's preview, and then a little bit of Sabres talk as well. Uh, just your standard episode, just coming a little bit later in the week. So without further ado, we'll introduce Ethan. Um, you know, after a great weekend with the fellas, um, you know, we might be a little bit tired, but it was it was a lot of fun and it was great to cap it off with a with a Bill's dub Monday night. So how are you doing, Ethan? Yeah, I'm finally getting into recovery mode here, but it was a, it was an awesome weekend capped off with an amazing Bill's game probably one of my favorite bills games that I've ever seen live in person. Uh, absolutely unbelievable environment as expected as advertised for the home opener. Uh, Josh and the boys put on an absolute show. And yeah, like you said, now, now it's time to turn our head to Miami this upcoming week. Uh, they looked awesome as well this past Sunday. Uh, they pulled out an absolute come from behind stunner against the Ravens in uh, Baltimore. So, I mean, everybody's kind of pegging this as, you know, uh, are the Dolphins for real game when they get to come uh, and test Josh Allen? Uh, the Bills are dealing with some injuries that we'll probably go through here a little bit later. So it will be a definitely interesting game. I think, you know, if we were going to go into this season with, you know, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, I think before the season started, I would have said the Dolphins was the, the easiest game out of those three. Um, and it might turn out to be the toughest out of those three, which is kind of surprising. And uh, maybe we'll have a little AFC East rivalry, you know, brewing up and we'll actually see if the Dolphins are for real. If Tua can string together, uh, you know, another nice game or maybe his game against the Ravens was maybe, you know, a one-off kind of fraudulent performance. We'll see what happens when he comes up against uh, big brother in the AFC East. But yeah. And then also, like you said, it seems like we're on a trend here with Sabres news, just popping out of the blue. Uh, you know, these, these big contracts, signings, whatever, just seems to seem to pop up without any sort of hints beforehand. So we got another one to talk about in the Kevin Adams, uh, you know, I guess, re-signing. So 
yeah, a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to, but yeah, awesome weekend, awesome home opener. Yeah, so we'll get right into it. 41 to 7 was the Bills uh, against the Titans final score. As Ethan said, crowd was uh, absolutely electric, probably the loudest game I've ever been to at that stadium. And that, you know, I went to the home opener last year. I went to the playoff game against the, against the Patriots last year, which I think the weather maybe um, had a little factor into that one, even though it was still very, very loud. I think this game still took the cake. Uh, just that primetime feeling, home opener, all combined into one. So just really cool atmosphere. Um, but in terms of the game, I mean, I guess it was kind of close in the beginning. And you could, you know, it was obviously within reaching distance at halftime, but the Bills' third quarter just put them in bed. Um, you know, Josh Allen didn't even play the fourth quarter. I, I you know, Ethan alluded to it, but I, I would say I think the biggest takeaway from the game is just, you know, the Bills' health coming out of it. Because, I mean, we can, you know, sit here and talk about them playing awesome again and kind of how we did last week against the Rams. There wasn't too many things to really harp on in a negative manner. I just think um, the biggest thing here is kind of it seems like we were dropping like flies a little bit. Obviously, the Dane Jackson injury, the, you know, the the concussion that he went to the hospital. And um, luckily, there was news that he came out and he was able to, you know, walk under his own steps and, and go home uh, Monday night. So that was good news. Micah Hyde went down also with the injury. Jordan Phillips, I believe, had some type of injury. I uh, actually didn't notice it at the game, but watching it back, Hamstring. looks like he uh, got just sniped out of the sky, you know, on that Matt Milano pick six. I mean, it was non-contact, no one around him, and just fell. Um, am I missing any injuries? Uh, Matt well, obviously, Milano. Gabe Davis didn't even play. So going into the game, you know, Gabe Davis didn't play. He was hurt. Um, Did you Mil- talk about Matt Milano? I didn't mention Milano, but I also thought I saw something today where he's like completely fine. I think he just maybe had a stinger at the end of the game. Yeah. And then did you talk about uh, Mika Hyde? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, I think so, those are the main ones. And then Ed Oliver and uh, Settle obviously didn't play going into this game. Right. They're still on the injury report that was released on Wednesday. Um, and I believe Cam Lewis, who is also inactive for this game was limited back at practice as well. So it's, it's a long, long, long list of players that are on there. Um, hopefully we can have some sort of, you know, I mean, it's, it's mostly going to be affecting the defensive side. I think obviously yeah. we gave Davis out. Uh, you'd love to have him back in there, but the offense looked like they didn't miss a beat without him uh, against the Titans. I do think the Dolphins have a better defense than the Titans. Um, and the tight, or excuse me, the dolphins are also a little banged up too. I was looking at their injury report as well. They have a couple guys listed there, but I'm more worried about the defensive side of the ball. You saw what that offense can do when they are clicking against the Ravens who do have a very good defense. They have probably the two fastest receivers in the league with Hill and Waddle. Um, and they're going to be testing our secondary all day. I think the most pivotal part for this week is to get the D line healthy, as you like to say. Because uh, we're gonna have to get to two a quick, we're gonna have to get to them often, and take some pressure off the rookies on the back end as well. So hopefully, hopefully Hyde will be able to ready to go. Um, it doesn't sound like Dane Jackson, based on that injury, is gonna have a shot to play. But I mean, I'm I'm more worried about like let's get Ed Oliver back, let's get Settle back, and uh, keep uh, keep the pressure going on Tua. Yeah. So do we want to talk? Do you have anything on the? on the Titans game before we kind of move ahead into, into week three. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you want to add anything to that? No, game? yeah. I mean, I mean, we could talk. Yeah, Titans game. I mean, the offense did exactly what we thought they were going to do. What, what I predicted. What I predicted. A what forty four points last week on the podcast. They came up three short at forty one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think you know the Titans just couldn't stop them. Um, they did. They did have that one big fourth down stop early in the game, but pretty much after that, the Bills scored every time they touched the ball. Um, I know they did stall for a couple field goals, but still they scored points on almost. Again, every drive except for once. Um, I mean, I, mean, I Bar- think the, the well, we only punted once, maybe, yeah, and the and one muffed pun- it. Yeah, it resulted in a muff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was just one of those nights where it's almost hard to like, like I want to give the Bills all the credit in the world, obviously as a Bills fan, but it's almost hard to like look at that game and um, like it was just one of those nights where everything went our way and nothing went their way. Like now, now do I think the Titans are that good of a team? No, but do I think they're also that bad? Like, no, like not, it's, it's very rare that Derrick Henry is going to rush for, let's see, 25 yards. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to give credit to the bills defense for that. And and they stepped up and they played very well, but I don't think the Titans are, are that bad. I don't think, you know, obviously we know Henry's not that bad. He, he usually gets at least his, you know, 90 yard to hundred yard games. Um, so I think it was honestly just one of those nights where, you know, home opener, a primetime game and everything went our way. Nothing went the Titans way. It wouldn't surprise me if the Titans bounce back this year and, and you know, make a splash and make a, a push in that division, considering how bad that division started out to be. Like, I think the Titans have a very good chance of winning that division still. Um, so I don't know. That's just my non-expert opinion is that it was just the Bills night and, and the Titans just didn't have it. Like it was just very, very lopsided from the get. Um, and yeah, and, I mean, also, and, I, and I said, I mean, I guess like it was still in, in reaching distance a halftime, but it just, you know, it never felt like it was close. Well, I mean, you even turned to me during the game and you're like, I'm not even worried right now. And I think yeah. it was like a 10, seven at that point, you felt like you're fully confident. I also think that the Titans did come out of the game hot. Huh? I mean, they had a nice opening drive when they took the ball and they shoved it right down our throat, scored seven. Yeah, um, and that up. was all the defense gave up there. And we made adjustments, but their offense after that first drive looked, seemed like we figured it out. It looked pretty one dimensional. I think they definitely felt the loss of AJ Brown. I mean, that, that offense just didn't look the same as it has over the past couple of years when they've, you know, hung 30 points on us before and beat us. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with how much better our run defense is. I mean, you, I know Derrick Henry's not going to always put up 25 yards, but I think a lot of that obviously has to do with the D-line. Um, again, it was another outstanding game from both Milano and Edmonds. They were all over the field making tackles. And, I mean, if you watch a lot of these replays, it's just because they're able to run freely, run sideline to sideline. A lot of those sweeps, we were eating Henry up by, you know, two or three yards in the backfield before he even had a chance to turn his shoulders and get upfield. And I think that was, you know, a lot of the reason – it was a huge factor in why we couldn't beat the Titans in the past couple of years is because we couldn't make those kind of plays and Henry would be gashing, you know, seven, eight yard runs. And that puts us on our heels now and opens up play action for them. And so, you know, when you, when you'd stop Derrick Henry, and I think we said this, what, 45 times that episode, you know, if we're going to stop Derrick Henry, we're going to win this football game big. And that's what happened. I mean, yeah. the Titans offense is not the same. They lost some playmakers and the defense was pretty mediocre as, as well. I mean, that AFC South, it's an absolute dumpster fire. I don't no idea what's gonna who's gonna come out of that division after it seems like nobody wants to win. I mean, between yeah. the Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars, and and the Texans. I mean, t- give the Texans credit. I mean, they're hanging in there too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised 
if by the end of this thing, all four of these teams are like in a four-way tie for first place coming into week 18. I called so. that too, kind of. Like I said, don't sleep on the Titans going to, or the Texans going into the season. I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> I said it to dad. I don't know if I said it to you. You but definitely I didn't say it on the podcast. I love Davis Mills, so I, I'm just saying don't sleep on them. Um, also, the other thing was Malik Willis, first little NFL action for him, I believe. He actually, that's the one thing. I thought he actually looked decent. Like, I, I think he lost a fumble. But in terms of his rushing, like, he, I kind of like his game a little bit. So, it was kind of cool, I guess, to see him play a little he bit. He got pounded by Milano in a welcome to the NFL moment, though. <laughs> Yeah, that was an did. absolute dump truck hit. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's kind of wraps up everything on that game. I mean, also, Stefan Diggs, we have to mention him. Oh, just yeah. Went absolutely off. Three touchdowns. Yeah. What, like 140 receiving yards. The guy was unguardable. And yeah, Josh he was went, just feeding. He went 12 receptions for 148, three TDs. Um, yeah, he's him. Diggs is him. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk him? I'm talking Diggs. Um, yeah, so he went off. I thought Krumero, I mean, he had those, he had two like long catches. And then Knox was kind of back too. Knox How many catches getting, Knox have? He had four, four for 41. So he was kind of getting back in his groove too. Yeah. And I remember him on the opening drive had a nice, nice catch um, to extend the drive. But, um, oh, then last thing I'll say is I guess we, we didn't really get to see much of it, but it looks like James Cook was able to get his touches back. And it was kind of like a perfect game for, him to like get back in and, and and just get a feel for like the NFL game. Right. So like he was in there and he actually ended up like leading all backs in or actually everybody on the bills in rushing with 11 carries for 53 yards. So um, I know he ripped one off one big one off and I'm still a believer in him. And it's like the, one of those perfect opportunities where we're just putting a stomping on him. So it's like, all right, this guy fumbled on his first, you know, his first go, like just get him in there and get some touches. Um, it before- also has to be an NFL record on how early the backup quarterback comes in a game. Like I've never <laughs> seen the backup come in with like in a regular on the clock in game. the third quarter. Yeah. I felt like I was at, you know, an August preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was absolutely, it was just a stomping. I mean, coming out of halftime, it was just, the bills were just like, we're not going to lose this game. What they put up 24 in the third quarter. Yep. That was insane. And actually kind of like a, a difference from last year's remember i feel like that was always the thing last year's we sucked in fourth quarters both games this no third this, quarters or sorry third quarters the, uh both games this year so far that was it's been like our bet we're, we've been great out of the half right? right so it's like i don't know shout out to ken dorsey as well i mean uh, i've been loving his his game so far i think i read a, a tweet the other day where it said the bills didn't run a run play from like the second quarter from sometime in the second quarter to sometime in the third quarter, it was like 20 straight plays or something like that in a row. And it was like a total of a, you know, 15 minute game time where they just didn't run a run play on offense. Um, hmm. Ken Dorsey knows what he's doing. Uh, but yeah. anyway, did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say it, the offense doesn't look like it's missed a beat without Dable. I love Dable obviously and what he's doing and uh, for the yeah. giants, but no, the offense looks the exact same, maybe even a little bit better, better with uh, Dorsey at the helm. So shout out Ken Dorsey. Yeah. So 41 to seven final score for the Titans at the Bills Monday night. And we move ahead. I know we kind of got ahead a little bit earlier on the episode about talking to the Dolphins game, but Bills will be in Miami taking the talents to South Beach. 1 p.m. slot on Sunday. First 1 p.m. slot of the of the year. I know Ethan really likes those 1 p.m. slots. Um yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest game 
of the year so far, as we, as we both said, and, and, and I kind of like what Ethan said, you know, going into the year, you probably look at the schedule. We probably all very, very cocky about that game. Um, things have changed a little bit. And, and I think the one thing I want to point out is not only has it, you know, changed obviously on the field as it, as the dolphins look a lot better, but it, the, the rivalry is kind of back in, in a, in a way, just like online mm-hmm. between the fans and, um, and Dolphins fans are are maybe a little prematurely cocky, I kind of want to say. I know that we've been chirping, you know, a lot of people have been chirping online about Tua over the offseason and all that, so we're almost letting them to get into our head a little bit. But there seems to be a lot of back and forth, which I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, not like, like, I kind of like that, right? It's like, it's, it's sports, it's football, it's, you know, chirping back and forth is going to be part of it, which I, I like, um, but it, it should be a good one, and um, the what's going on with this rivalry though is kind of reminding me of what the Bills Patriots rivalry used to be, right? Where sure the Bills haven't been as dominant as the Patriots were over the last you know twenty years, but the, when the Bills would get up early in the season, right, and they'd go you know maybe two and zero, three and zero, and then they'd have that Patriots game circled. They'd be getting after these Patriots fans online, being like, yeah. "Yo, this is our year. We're coming at you." And then the Patriots would do what they've always done and they, you know, beat us large and then take the division again and it'd be do it every year. Do you think and it's so a little I, different though with if you're comparing because I actually agree with that comparison, but do you think just to play a little, you know, question here, do you think it's a little different though? Because with those Bills teams and, and Patriots teams, you could I think you can easily you can kind of compare the Patriots back then to the Bills right now, both very, very good teams. I don't know if you can, you know, the Bills, those Bills teams last year they were there, get up early and stuff, or like those never really they didn't have guys like Hill or you know they didn't Waddle have the same on their play, team. Way, playmakers. I mean, we had right what To that one year, but still, it's it, I I agree. Even with in what terms, you're of, I'm not like a huge Tua guy necessarily yet, but even in terms of like he's supposed to be their long term quarterback. I don't think any of the quarterbacks in the Bills back then were supposed to really be our guys. It was well, like Fitzpatrick, EJ Manuel in the first round. Yeah, but we, those teams were never good. That, that we were never triple that those teams. <laughs> yeah, maybe we were. I don't know. Some of these Bills fans are crazy. <laughs> I wasn't, but. Um, no, I get what you're saying. This Dolphins team is definitely, I think, better than the competition the Patriots had to go up against. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the Bills' opportunity, though, to to kind of shut them up and be like, because I mean, Josh Allen, since he's taken over uh, yeah, as quarterback of the Bills, he's seven and zero against the Dolphins. Yeah. So I so mean, it's like, I, I I don't understand how. I, I mean, I love the energy, I love the competition, I love the rivalry, but I mean, Dolphins fans. Coming in cocky, I don't think that's the best move for them. Josh Allen has owned them throughout his career. And until they can at least beat him once, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Bills are are their daddy, basically. And yeah. uh, that's that's not going to change until they beat us. So, Yeah, I'm right there with you. Until, until they prove they can beat us with this new team with Josh Allen, um, should I be a little bit worried? Maybe. I'm not. I'm, I'm still not going to be worried. Like I, I still think the Bills win this game by a chunk of points. Uh, I think they cover easily. Um, I think that line's only going to move in the favor of the bills. Uh, and I <laughs> think, um, I, I think we, we handle them. Like do the dolphins have a, have a chance to be a scrappy team this year, battling for a wild card? Sure. They do with, you know, with the way they played last week. Guess what though? I, I don't see our, t- our team, the way we're playing right now, you know, a, a divisional game too. Like, I think you can also argue like last week against the Ravens, like it's just different, like within the division, like Josh against the dolphins and, and, and just the way he plays against them and the way it's been, I'm not as worried. Um, 
And I think, you know, you said it earlier, the, the main concern probably is the defense, you know, against those playmakers on offense. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully we're a little bit more healthy, but um, yeah, until they beat us, until they prove they can beat us. I don't know why there's Dolphins fans and videos of Dolphins fans, you know, literally after week one of them beating a really bad Patriots team, there's videos of Dolphins fans in Hard Rock Stadium saying, bring me Buffalo, you know, after the Bills just beat the defending Super Bowl champions by a million points. So it's like, you know, be careful what you wish for down there in South Beach is all I got to say. Um, do we have any more analysis on this game? Do you want to do score predictions? Because, um, I, you know, I, I guess we can talk about their defense a little bit. Like the Dolphins defense is, uh, I guess, all right. But again, I, I'm, it's 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 Allen and, and no defense in this league is going to scare me. Yeah, I, I will give the, the Dolphins offense credit. I think that they are going to put up points. Uh, our defense is a little bit battered. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. That offense is very, very good with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Kaseki, and they have some fast running backs and Chase Edmonds. Um, I just wonder there. if we'll, if you know, if we if we're able to get to two of them because I feel like he hasn't had a lot of pressure in his first two starts here. You know, what's he going to do? Is he going to fold a little bit? Like if we give him pressure, I feel like two is not. You know, he's not going to make plays back there. Yeah, hundred percent. I haven't seen him do I, it yet. I also, I also, after watching the that Ravens game a little bit last time, I think I also got to give a little hat tip to their new coach. I think he's done a great job on kind of playing to the strong suits. It seems like Tua is getting the ball out of his hands a lot earlier, right? Like he's doing a lot of three step drops, a lot of slants. I know Waddle took a slant to the house against the Patriots in Week One that it was just basically you know a three step Fourth over down, the yeah. middle, and then Waddle basically did the rest. So I think they're going to find ways to get the ball into those guys' hands early to not let our pass rush. Uh, have time to get home. So, I mean, we're going to have to have a big, big day out of the secondary, but also like we were talking about earlier, the D line is going to have to make some plays too. And I just think that the offense is, is too good, regardless of how good Tua is to not score some points against us. I just like our offense a lot better. Josh Allen's still the best player on the field. And I, like you said, I, th I think the Dolphins defense is better than the Titans, but is it good enough to, you know, stop Josh Allen more than our defense is going to stop Tua? I don't think so. I think we're going to outscore him again. Um, I mean, I think we're putting over 30 on them. And I think I like our our defense to get a couple stops, maybe a turnover. Tua is definitely good for a turnover or two against uh, us, it seems like. So, um, I don't know, it's getting right into score predictions. I'm going to say the Bills win this one 33 to 24. Wow. Okay. I was at, like not even kidding. I was in my head thinking about score prediction before you said that. I was thinking 34 to 24. So I'm going 34-24. Okay. Um, it, that's what that was in my head before you even said that. So we're kind of on the same page there. But yeah, I know. I, I think they can they can maybe score a little bit. And I guess maybe it'll be one of those. I guess I could see it being like a little bit closer. And then we pull ahead at the end. Um, or I could see us being honestly up. And then they kind of get a last second score to make it within 10 or something like that. But that was in the same range I was looking at 34, 24 is what I'll go with. Um, and I guess we'll see on, we'll see on Sunday. Uh, any last words on this game? No, I think, uh, I think I'm all good there. All right. So let's move on. Last thing on the app tonight, uh, Kevin Adams announced to in a contract extension, um, multi-year contract extension is what the Buffalo Sabres tweeted out. Not sure on the amount of years that is. I clicked on the link to look at the article. I couldn't find it there as well. I don't know. If I just missed something and you saw something, but um, he's entering his third season as the general manager. And um, and basically, you know, the Sabres are going all in on this guy. Uh, Multi-year contract, uh, contract extension. Um, 
And I, I like it. How can you not like it? How can you not, you know, get, get behind this? I kind of have the same reasoning for why I like the Tage Tom Thompson contract extension as I like this for Kevin Adams. Um, you know, he's the one who brought all these pieces. In. He's the one who, you know, facilitated this Tage Tom Thompson extension through seven years. He's the one who made the trade and held out for so long with Jack Eichel to make sure he got the right pieces back in return with Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs and a couple of draft picks. He's the one who dealt away Reinhardt and Ristolainen to get draft picks and, and made these draft picks and get Levi and the young guys that are going to be on this team for hopefully, you know, eight to 10 of the next years. So he's that guy that, you know, facilitated this all together. He's the one who hired Don Granado, right? After, uh, you know, we let Kruger go and Granado fills back in for him. And, and he's the one who decided to keep him on board with him. So he's made all the decisions that made the team the way they are now. If this thing's going to work out, he's going to be the one to see it the whole way through and keep making these decisions. He knows the team better than anyone. He's been there for it. He's been, uh, honestly, within the Sabres organization, I think, since like 2011. So he's been through the ups and downs. And most importantly, he's the one that's brought everything to where it's been to right now. And he's he's the one that's given Sabres fans hope. You know, this is the first time in the past five, 10 years where Sabres fans are objectively online, all very, you know, high hopes going into this season. So if some guy can do that with this Sabres organization and this fan base and this team um, in a pretty short period of time, uh, I, you know, I, I know I said it's his third year going in as a GM, but I mean, that's a pretty short period of time considering he, you know, the first year he took over, it was very, very late notice. Um, and then the next year was the whole Eichel saga. And so he's kind of just getting his boots on the ground here. Um, and he's kind of rallied it in a very short time where Sabres fans are actually very excited to see this team play. So I'm all in on Kevin Adams. I don't care if it's 20 years at this point. I'm glad they got on this contract extension and kind of just ready to rock here. Yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to see what the details are. I think you brought up a lot of good points, but I think it's, again, like, are we doing the whole too soon type of deal? I mean, I, I love love Kevin Adams and what he's done so far. I have no idea what kind of contract he's on at this point. It's just kind of like I'm going back to the whole Tage Thompson thing where did this need to be done? Um, you know, I think there's the jury's obviously still out on a lot of things with the Sabres team. You'd like to think it's in the right direction, but I mean, he hasn't gotten results yet. That's the big thing that I, I'm, uh, you can argue that I'm held up on, you know what I mean? Like you can argue that it seems like he's made all of the right moves so far, but until we have a team that's made the playoffs or has something to show for it. No, but you can argue that he, he has had the results. Sure. I mean, the team seems like it's taken a step forward. I mean, the, like the locker room's definitely a different vibe around the city. Uh, you know, the players seem happy to be here finally. It seems like we have a young core that we can build around. But I mean, these this young core, all it is at this point is a lot of potential. Like besides Tate Thompson, a lot of these guys haven't had seasons that really mean a lot until, you know what I mean? Like Dylan Cousins, sure, he looks great at some points, but he's not consistent enough. He's not scoring enough. Casey Middlestack. Well, what what I was getting more at, just... what I was getting at more as he has had results to show for is the the way the team played in the second half of last year in terms of strictly points and winning. They you know they they were a playoff. Yeah, team. but that's like that improvement. Different. I I agree. I agree. Like that that looked awesome. But playing hockey where you're already out of the playoffs, it's kind of meaningless. There's no pressure. That's a completely different environment than playing in a playoff race. Playing at the beginning of the season when you actually have a shot. I think the circumstances are completely different. And I agree. Like that's definitely something to build on, but until you are 
competing for a wild card, making a wild card, competing for a divisional spot. Like I need to see those kind of results before I'm going to go all in on you. And I, so you don't agree with this decision then? Well, no, I mean, it's also different with the GM versus a player too, right? The GM doesn't count against the salary cap. So I guess, yeah, he can be gone whenever he can, he can be gone wherever, but you know, if I'm, if I'm just analyzing what's going on with this deal, do I, would I have already signed up for, you know, five more years of Ken Adams or whatever it is? Like, I, I don't think I'm ready to say he's at that level where I'm going to give him a, an extension. I need to see a little bit more. I, I need to see more uh, results okay. on the ice. I love what he's doing. Like, I don't want to fire him. You know what I mean? I want him to be that guy. All the points you brought up, like he's made some awesome trades. Getting a first wrist aligning was an absolute steal. And I, and I also, you know, love the Eichel return. Love the Reinhardt return with Devin Levi looking awesome. But again, all of these things are all potential moves. He's gotten first round picks. He's gotten a Devin Levi who's still in college. He's gotten, um, you know, I, Isaac Rosen with the wrist aligning pick who's still in juniors. The three first round picks that we had this year are all still going to be in juniors, not making the team yet, right? Peyton Krebs is still young and probably hasn't reached his potential yet. Like the only player so far that I think has impacted the Sabres is, is talk. He's also draft. He's also drafted Jack Quinn, HL Player of the Year, JJ Paterka. You know, those are all great moves. But again, like those, those guys haven't produced in the NHL yet, right? Right. So no, those, for those sure. are all potential moves. Again, like we've how many times have we seen guys do awesome until they get to the NHL and then completely fall fat in their face? Like I need to see Quinn put up a twenty goal season for me to be like that was an awesome draft pick. You know, love what he did in the NHL. That that shouldn't be taken away from him. But again, like you're graded on what you do in the NHL as an NHL GM. And so I just, I want him to be right. I just haven't seen it yet. I'm not saying go can him and he's not done enough to, you know, stay on. I just wouldn't be so trigger happy to get him on an extension right now. I I, I love it. I, I really do. I think everything's coming up swords. I think the way that you do it right now, just is setting a, setting a tone for this team that we're like, we're ready to go. Like we're locking all of our pieces in, like, this is who we're riding with. And yeah, maybe in in like in foresight, maybe like that, like not enough has been shown yet, like on paper, but just the way that I think I think what's kind of locked me into to really like it and just get me jacked up is like, like I said, is in the short amount of time from if you if you if we were talking, you know, you go back to the tone of this podcast a year ago today. So I think this was before the Eichel trade um, or like, you know, last summer, like. It, it was like a it was a it was a gong show within the Sabres organization. Like Kevin Adams was at the helm, and the fact that like the the tone of the the that the way the fans were talking about the team a year ago today to compare to where it was it is now, like going into the season, is like a crazy one eighty. Like if you would have told me back then, like you know, past Sam, like hey, one year from now you're gonna be very excited to go into the year. You're gonna like love that you signed Tage Thompson to a seven year contract. You're gonna be loving that you have all these new pieces. I'd be like, how? How? Like, how is this possible? We still have Eichel. This is like we're the laughing stock of the league, and like we talk about it every time when we talk about the Sabers of like where we're at now and the and the way that like the tone of the team is is like a astronomical difference. So that alone to me like gives him the nod, and, and to me it's like all right, he knows what he's doing. His leadership, his vision. Like I can get behind um, and, and it almost like the extension right before the season starts, like it's just going to rally the troops even more and maybe give an extra push. So that's kind of where I'm at just the way he was able to get everything turned around so quickly, not even and and I know what you're saying from like a results perspective, it's not there yet, but just from an overall outlook on the team, which is very, very important. I think it's been impressive. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, 
I guess I like it ultimately. I guess you, you know, you you probably would have waited a little bit more, but I guess we'll see what happens, you know, throughout the next few years and see if everything kind of developed the way that you know we hope it does. Um, but that'll be all on the Kevin Adams contract extension. You know, Sabres hockey right around the corner. The last thing I'll say on Sabres hockey is I think in their, you know, I was wrong last week when I said they had a preseason game coming up. It was actually the <laughs> prospects challenge, I guess. The team went three and oh. The Swords went three and oh in the prospects challenge. So Savoy was playing. He had a couple of yep. uh, Genos. Um, so I, you know, I was watching some of it, not a lot of it, but um, yeah, I think they looked they looked very well. Oh, and then the, the last thing I actually wanted to bring up was you know, the video I sent you. Alex Tuck was at the home opener on Monday night. Yeah, it was that sad. video was hilarious of him, you know, walking into this to the Ralph, just, you know, starting the the shout chant outside. He just looked um, like a normal guy. Like, how did yeah. nobody just come up to him and be like, yo, are you Alex Tug? <laughs> yeah. So that was like hilarious to see. He fits right in. Um, that is just like another thing you love to see. Like after like a big Bills dub home opener, you see that Tuck was right in the mix with everybody. Right. You know, common man. Um, so just another like little fun. I tidbit. will say also, I think uh, to correct you based uh, going back a little bit, I think the actual first preseason game of the Sabres for the Sabres is this Sunday. So okay. it will start, I believe, 2 p.m. Eastern. So it's going to be like middle of the middle of Bill's game. It's on ESPN plus. So I have to get double act and double TV going. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people are going to be uh, watching that. But uh, for everybody who's a diehard out there, they will be playing at, I think, this Sunday on ESPN plus. So maybe we'll get a first look here. Nice. Well, I think that does it for episode 151. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening in. Go Bills, go Sabres, as always. And we will see you next week.